Is that Glock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, send it! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Switchback Formula 1 podcast coming to you in the immediate aftermath of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. My name is Graham and joining me as always, it's, uh, it's Ferrari's turbo hybrid system. <laughs> it's Luke Holmes. Hey, hey, I'm more consistent than that. I've only missed one podcast in the last year. Don't ever say that to me. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't retire three races in a row or something like that. Yes. At least with one there, Ferrari power car, shall I say? <laughs> How are things? Uh, very dull in the land of Luke. What about you? Yeah. Uh, yes, your Sunday, like mine, has not been most eventful because that Azerbaijan Grand Prix was pretty, pretty rough. Uh, just. <laughs> Very 2016 first Baku Grand Prix vibes. It yeah. was uh, very, very poor. I'm, I'm honestly very, really surprised, given that you know, in these new cars, that you know, something didn't go wrong for at least one person in, in terms of actually like making a crash or something. But hint, hint. Mm. The the prime suspect actually didn't crash, which I was very surprised at. <laughs> prime suspects, even. Yeah, yeah. There was two. Yeah, there's always two. I there's always about. two. There's at least two. Uh, anyways, yes, uh, the the actual race literally just finished. So it was uh, it was won by Max Verstappen ahead of his teammate Sergio Perez, with George Russell rounding at the podium in third. Uh, Lewis Hamilton fourth, Pierre Gasly finishing fifth. Great result for Sebastian Vettel in, Vettel in sixth. Alonso seventh, Ricardo eighth, and Norris ninth, and Espan Ocon tenth. And uh, the big obviously the news is that the two Ferraris retired during the race. Leclerc from the lead. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're just going to hop right into winners and losers of the weekend here, just because there's not a lot. There's not. There wasn't really a lot of F1 news, so to speak. There's some little tidbits from the weekend itself, like things like qualifying and uh, kind of you know backing cars up. And uh, there's a bit more. Actually, I know you. I know you didn't want to talk about this, but let's talk about this briefly about this uh, this porpoising and uh, this this kind of thing because. Uh, it was obviously, look, street circuits are quite bumpy at times. Uh, there's a bit more porpoising here than there has been in other places, especially given the characteristics of the track as well. But I find it a little bit ridiculous. There's a piece on racefans.net about, uh, it says, F1 drivers urges, urge FIA to tackle, quote, very painful, end quote, effects of porpoising. And the ringleaders of this are really silly. It's really silly, this, because the ringleaders are the ones who have been talking about this all year, which is Carlos Sainz, which we mentioned before. Uh, Leclerc apparently has not been struggling with this. So apparently it's just science. Uh, the two Mercedes drivers, uh, which again, their car is the worst probably on the grid for porpoising. So like, well, why, would, why would we take anything they have to say about it seriously? Because just because George Russell is the, 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 you know, the, uh, direct, one of the directors of the, the Grand Prix Drivers Association. Uh, so just cause, I'm sorry, just because your car is the worst on the grid for porpoising does not, does not mean everyone else is. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, you know, again, you know, obviously looked, looked, I'm sure he was in pain after the race, hopping out of his car, he was very slow to get out of the car, I'm sure he's in pain, but you know, you know Lewis Hamilton, he, he's one to milk the, uh, uh, when he's struggling with review illness or with physical pain, he does milk it for every, every cent it's worth. So I was like, why would we take anything these guys have to say seriously about it when the two, it's, all this noise is predominantly coming from cars who, who which porpoise quite a lot, which is the Ferrari and 
and uh, and the Mercedes. The only person I take on this in this article I'd actually take with a great assault here is Fernando Alonso's perspective on it because he actually yeah, that car does not porpoise nearly as much as the others. And Alonso had to say about it. Uh, he's described uh, Fernando Alonso, the most experienced driver on the grid, described the ride in the current cars as quote the worst of the last twenty years end quote. Alonso said, I think it's a combination. This track has been very bumpy on the straights, also with the old cars, so this year it's exaggerated. I think there's going to be a few tracks like Jeddah that was very smooth, or Australia, and no one was complaining. Uh, and he said about a rules change. Uh, he said, Coach, going to be very difficult to agree for all the teams. But yeah, I wish they do something for the young boys. For me, it's okay for a few more years. Um, and the thing... Yeah, like you know, like like you talk about the young boys, like flipping like Russell is talking about the pain and such, and Total Wolf talking about like how there's always so much the physio can do as well. So I don't know, man. I'm not buying this at all because it's just it's the main bit of noise is just coming from the car, the drivers of the cars who have the worst porpoising, which is a car issue. If you want to sort sort out the fucking cars, uh, then Ferrari slash Mercedes, and you know maybe you'll be okay. Yeah, you're not really seeing this noise from the Alpha Towers, which also are notorious for uh, pulpacin. And the only solution that seems to be bouncing around is the FIA introducing uh, mandated ride heights, which everybody has to run, which is very stupid because that benefits only one team, and that is Mercedes, obviously, because Ferrari can run and still be quick, no matter what mm -hmm. ride height they've got, whereas Mercedes can't really get it down as low as Red Bull and Ferrari, and it's... It's all over the place, as, as we've seen with Lewis this entire weekend. It's, it, it, to be fair, it does look awful. And I, I, sure. I can't imagine being shaken to death like that for an hour and a half. It, it won't be fun, but they definitely are the main ones barking up that tree to get it changed. And I've, I've, I, Crofty was talking about it during the race, in that very eventful race, <laughs> that the FIA look sort of like gearing towards calling a meeting to see what they can really do about it. It's mainly something about active suspension being introduced again or something like that. I don't know. I hope it doesn't because, like you say, it's only one team that's going to benefit from it, really. And if they develop the car anyway, unless they yeah, spend all a, the money. It's a car issue. It's inherent with the design of the car. Obviously, it's, it's not something they could have predicted, the porpoising, to this extent. Like They probably expected a little bit, but not how bad it actually is. And I'm sure if they find the issue... And understand the car a bit more. We're, we're eight races into the season, for God's sake. You're not going to understand it mm -hmm. until you've been to a wide variety of tracks. This is the first proper, I would say, street circuit that's actually got varying surfaces where some parts is smooth and then some parts is quite bouncy, like the main straight. It's Monaco, I, I thought, was pretty flat, to be fair. It wasn't the only really rough bit was coming down the uh, hill towards the end of sector one where you've got to go round the. Uh, raised manhole which has always been the case in mm -hmm. the F1 cars because otherwise you'll bottom out but yeah it's a load of shite really isn't it it's, it's just Mercedes trying to come up with something to get themselves back to the front without it really costing them anything yeah and like if you want to change this I think they, got, they have to get like at least I think they have to get all the teams to agree to it and I don't think that's going to be the case like no one is going to agree to like not all the teams are going to agree to it like Red, why would Red Bull agree to this AlphaTauri why would they agree to it Haas looked pretty good in that race you know with uh I was on board for Kevin Magnussen for a good chunk of that race, and he looked fine. Like the Alpines looked fine. Like I did see a little bit of, on the McLaren, a little bit with Ricardo at that second stint, but 
I do think Alonso is correct in that it's a little bit exaggerated with this track. Again, you're talking about the surfaces, definitely a bit bumpier. Um, it will come up again, I'm sure, at places like Kota and the such. But you know, I just no, that's going to be a nightmare. That is yeah. Jesus Christ. But we, but we earmark, we circled that race at the beginning of the year as one that could be absolute chaos, just because, like an absolute car breaker, just because we talked about you know the poor missing and that kind of those kind of issues with 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 it, um, with the bumpiness on that track. I just, yeah, I just think a lot of it, again, yeah, you look at this and you look at who's leading the cause, like, okay, Carlos Sainz, he's been complaining about this all year. Okay, well, you know, take a pinch of salt. Mercedes, yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious what their gain is there, pinch of salt. Uh, again, I could take Alonso's perspective on it seriously, and I can also Same take... with Ocon, really. Yeah, basically anyone who's not on the car just doesn't shake to death, I can take... I can look at that and look at them saying, okay, if they're saying that, maybe look, you know, maybe maybe there's something in that. But like, again, I can trust their perspective because they don't have anything to gain, really, if it changes. Whereas, science and Mercedes obviously do. Yeah, which is it's it's a, it's a load of shite to me. It's just them trying to get themselves up to the forefront again, and it's it's a load of crap. Like, it it's, it shouldn't be like that if. They understood the car and designed it correctly, like Red Bull have, like, say, Alpine have up to an extent, where if in regards to porpoising, then it, it wouldn't really make... It, it, they're they're, they're going to stand to gain more more from it than the competitors, and it's it's not going to happen, because like you say, Red Bull and AlphaTauri are, are too straight away, they're going to say no. Like, and I'm sure McLaren will be on board with Red Bull, not wanting to change, because they can probably gain from Mercedes if, if they get their act together so I don't know yeah so I, I don't know I just thought of, I, I know you, you talked to me earlier about it. you didn't want to talk about it but I thought it was enough of an issue to, uh, to it's, it's worth mentioning because it's going to start it's one of them that's going to keep developing as we go on and more and more people are going to start moaning about it oh yeah like the and post the post race cards are going to be dominated by this yeah Lewis is going to play the martyr now and say he, he doesn't have a back anymore Oh, so 100%. I, 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 I'm pretty sure I saw a quote on Sky from Toto saying he didn't think Lewis would be able to make the full race distance because of the porpoising. Hmm, funny that. He managed, managed 51 laps on my screen. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Lewis Hamilton is also one of the most jacked drivers on the grid. Like, he's one of the mo- he's like He's arguably one of the, if not the best physically, uh, physical, uh, physically built driver on the grid. Like, Yeah, the, the, this, this porpoising issue is a lot worse for the taller drivers as well because their heads are a lot more further up and exposed to the g-forces a lot more drivers so, like Ocon, george russell yeah this is crofty was on about it during the race and he said Ocon has been complaining about it a little bit but not to the extent where mercedes have and what have you yeah so anyways let's move on to winners and losers of the weekend uh obviously this start with red bull and uh max verstappen uh qualifying obviously qualify third behind perez uh then yeah obviously things went pretty well with well, they at the start, obviously he was obviously Perez jumped into the lead, and then Verstappen was just stuck behind Leclerc, and then the uh, the Carlos Sainz retirement happened from fourth. Uh, did I th- I thought I saw Sainz go off, and I thought, oh, jeez, not again, Carlos. But yeah, no, I uh, did. Uh, which is kind of the stage we've reached in a sense as well. It says a lot. That like oh, I was like, oh, jeez, he's just gone on. Like he's how, like, how has he done this again? Like he's running in absolutely like like four seconds of space or whatever. And he's just gone on with just ridiculous. Yeah, but no, it was a, it was some sort of mechanical issue. I'm not sure if it's engine or hydraulics related. Yeah, uh, did, yeah, it would make sense. It was more hydraulics. It didn't look like it yeah, was. It's, it's Sky thought it was hydraulics. It sounded weird when he uh, 
started breaking. So I don't, I don't think it was engine. Mm-hmm. But hmm. anyways, that caused the VSC, and then they decided to do up. They basically just hold Verstappen opposite Leclerc. So Leclerc obviously pitted for his for his hards. They left Verstappen out, uh, and then once Verstappen was released of Leclerc, then definitely the gaps really started coming down to Perez. And quite quickly, once he got past Perez, uh, most of the tires must have been spent on Perez's mediums or something because Verstappen just immediately dropped him by like two seconds. And it was going to be interesting with uh, Leclerc because uh, he was rapid on those hards and they looked like a decent, sturdy race tire. So they, I'm from, you know, they probably could have gone the distance. And yeah, obviously Leclerc's engine fails uh, while he's chasing uh, yeah, Perez. Although he pitted by this stage. And took away the one race dynamic that we had left for the lead of the race, given that Perez, especially after Perez's slow stop, very slow stop, uh, it yeah, took, pretty much took him out of the running. So the one thing we had left was Leclerc, and obviously that went away, and Verstappen was left a pretty simple job in the end. Yeah, straightforward. Pretty much once it, once the science retirement happened, it was basically Max's race to lose, really. Red Bull told Checo not to fight because he's... He'd absolutely spent them tires trying to get out of uh, Leclerc's DRS, and then I think that was it. He was he was pretty much done. And then I'm guessing they turned the engines down a little bit on them cars as well, because no point burning them up. And yeah, it was a great race from Max, but not much to really say because I didn't really see him after <laughs> yeah. part twenty. Yeah, you could. Like, their race is typified by Verstappen coming on the radio later and saying, you know, uh, do we need to drive like, do we need to keep like basically talking about tire temperatures essentially driving around? It was like just, yeah, it was just one of those races for, for Verstappen. But he takes win number 25 of his career, moves him ahead, or sorry, leaves him level with Nicky Lauda and Jim Clark now. Yes, and also he is now Red Bull's all time top podium scorer with 65. Mm which is mad which is overtaking Sebastian Vettel but then you have to remember Vettel took what was it 39 victories yes in <laughs> five years uh, from 09 yeah yeah whereas Max has been in Red Bull since 2016 so that's six years obviously Red Bull weren't as uh, dominant when Max first joined mm-hmm. it didn't really happen until 2018 really where Max sort of got a race winning car under him and obviously, if you look for the drivers' championship as well, it's it's a massive. Uh, he moves. He's now twenty one points clear of his teammate Sergio Perez, and the clerk is now thirty four points behind. So, it really has swung massively in Verstappen and Red Bull's favour. Perez is still very much in this. Uh, and look, as so is Leclerc, I will say. But again, we're at, we're kind of reaching somewhat of a point where you know another one of those uh, a win for Verstappen obviously because that's look that's the second uh, that's the second win that Verstappen has taken with Leclerc retiring from at least first or second Mm -hmm. so obviously he's lost more points than Verstappen did for his two retirements but another one of those and like it's we're looking at a precarious situation for for Leclerc and you, you basically look to Perez as your only other title contender essentially so i know it's early no it's only round was it eight so yeah but it's uh ferrari have a lot to think on and to try and get around sort quickly before uh before canada this week oh definitely definitely because they were the only ferrari powered teams to have engine issues just on the club obviously retired we had Juan Yujo and kevin magnuson both retiring and mick schumacher had engine issues in FP one or two, I believe, as well. So the power unit is uh, not doing too well at the moment for Ferrari. 
And Red Bull's lead in the constructor standings is 80 points. Yeah. 279 oops. to 199. That's that's done, right? That's that's over. Yeah, Ferrari are closer to Mercedes now than they are to Red Bull. Yes. Which is ridiculous. Obviously, Mercedes have yet to have a dump, if I'm, if I'm not wrong in saying yeah, that. Yeah, you're, you're right. They're yeah, on 161 is, points to Ferrari's 199. Which is bizarre. Oh, oh, I just, I just realised what I've just opened myself up to. George Russell is the only driver to finish in that every race yeah, in the top still, five. Streak yeah. is still going, man. Which is fair enough. Fair enough. He's done a good job. Yeah. Have you seen? Probably uh, deserved the, a podium at that race, to be fair as well. Have you seen the clerks uh, qualifying uh, streak? Basically, from it's like it's like first or second this year. That's it. Yeah. That's, he's the. I believe the record. He's he's equaled Montoya's record of taking four poles in a row without taking a victory. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a stat and a half. A, yeah, and that pole position was pole number fifteen as well for him. Pole fifteen. Take, Third all time on Ferraris, third uh, or fourth all tied, time. Tied, tied third. I think he moved level with Massa. Yes, that was it. Yes, because it's obviously Schumacher, louder. Yeah, and then Massa. Vettel being not being on that list is surprising to me. I I don't think so. Just because of the uh, Mercedes being so dominant when he first I don't, when he joined Ferrari. I don't know. Like you think of those in qualifying, definitely. You think they had three years for pole positions, basically seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Okay, regardless yeah. how you feel about the races, because Leclerc took nine in twenty nineteen. He did, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, like you break it down, like you know, what say like what he wasn't even he wasn't even fourth or fifth. So that's what thirteen was a scary. Mm. So what you divide? My math is poor. So thirteen by three was well, so basically just over four. Yeah. It's, like you know, seventeen eight. Like it's weird to think he didn't take at least average four poles. I don't know. Hmm. I feel like he could have. I don't know. It's just one of those. I know what you're saying about the Mercedes dominance, but um, it's it's. I don't know. It's surprising that he didn't do better. I guess in qualifying with the uh, the car that he had. But anyway, uh, looking nice and rosy for Red Bull. Honestly, yeah. Just uh, Perez is look. Perez, I think, would be disappointed somewhat to be second after leading the race early on. But it was just clear that yeah, once Verstappen got by, that was it. Uh, just. Just one of those for, for Perez, you know, you, re, re, you regroup, he's still in a good standing here, and uh, he'll move on. Yeah, which is weird, because Perez looked, looked like he got the upper hand on Max again this weekend. Oh, definitely. Yeah, in, in practice, it was Perez and Charles going back and forth, and same again in qualifying, and then seems to get into the race, and Max, on a track where he can actually overtake, Scott, I know Red Bull basically waved him on pass, but he's... He, Absolutely dropped him. So yeah, fair fair play to Max. But mm. obviously Perez probably felt a bit deflated after yeah. the slow pit stop, and obviously Red Bull just letting Max go. So yeah, I, I, I'd also be deflated. I, I do. I think. I think to be fair, the gap is the gap is twenty seconds in the end. But I do think, yeah, given yeah, the poor pit stop, the all those things, like again, the kind of deflation, the kind of settling out afterwards, they just yeah, they, and obviously they had. They, I think they had some rear wingish like worries given what happened to Sonoda. So they told Verstappen not to use DRS. So. Just very much just bring the cars home kind of thing. I think Perez, yeah. On the day, I think his, obviously, where he lost the race was just that first stint on those mediums. I think if he had held the lead, maybe would have, maybe would have been a little bit different. Maybe not the same result, maybe not the, the different result, but I think... It would have been a lot closer. Yeah. It would have been at least within five seconds, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, excellent weekend for Red Bull. They are looking nice and dandy in both championships, particularly the constructors. Yeah. Uh, you hop in George Russell here just to get this out of the way. I'd throw both of them in, I guess. 
driver of the day for Lewis. Yeah. From the yeah. F1 fans, which I don't agree with, but no. there isn't many options really to choose from because literally nothing happened that race apart from the Ferraris dumping and the Sonoda wing stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just a very quiet race for George. Didn't really see anybody. And then Lewis sort of got screwed hmm. by a, the pit stop under the VSC, which put him behind a bunch of traffic and Mercedes isn't great in a straight line and he was stood behind the absolute missile of an Alpine. <laughs> My God. I've never seen a car pull away in a straight line from the car behind it, which has got DRS and slipstream. Yeah, Gasly was doing this a little bit in the first stint, but he was really pronounced with the second stint. Uh, he, he actually might have to thank Sebastian Vettel for opening up his race a bit. Yeah, yeah, if, if he didn't, because he wasn't getting past Vettel, I don't think, because that also was absolute brute in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Russell obviously look out qualified Hamilton uh, again, again, third and, in a row. Yeah, and look he, again, Hamilton. The gap between the two of them obviously was reflective in the traffic there behind. Russell wasn't really behind, and he got Russell got a good stop under the under the first VSC, so he came out fourth. So in front of all that mess, and obviously when the second one came out, then for Magnussen, the easy, easy, easy pit stop again. Just worked out very tidily for Russell, who I think is probably due a bad break at some stage this season. Yeah, he, he he's the only been beaten by Lewis once this season in the race, which was the first race. That's right. In Bahrain, which is mad. I know Lewis has not been great. Saudi was obviously out of position and hashtag Q1. Um, sorry, I have to uh, remind myself of that just to keep myself going. That keep happen. myself battling through the pain of the uh, Ferrari's ball in the championship again. Um, and yeah, Russell's... I, w- I want to say World of Champions next week. I feel something coming. Really? You know what I mean, it's it's a brewing. He's on ninety nine points, which is only seventeen behind the clerk, which is, ooh. which is really really bad on Ferrari's part to say that Mercedes, on average, is at least eight tenths a lap slower. Yeah, yeah, it but, is, uh, it's really poor. Well, a good result for Mercedes. Obviously, they have been moved quite. Cl- they move a bit closer to Ferrari, which is nice. I don't. If they end up, if they end up at any point second in this championship, even just for a brief period of time, uh, that's a successful season. But not only to Zach, if that happens. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, anyways, moving on. Uh, who else do you have as a winner of the weekend? Uh, I would have said both. Alpha Tauri. You can you can chuck both in to be fair. Because nothing Yuki did wrong. I thought Yuki had a brilliant race. To be fair from where he was and obviously Gasly doing 2020 Gasly vibes and just being in around the top six as he normally is which he's not really had the opportunity to do this season and just really I think they bowled the race a little bit in terms of not pitting them because they pitted under the first VSC and when the second one came out for Magnussen's uh, stricken Haas at the top of the hill which obviously I, I, I did not see that it started rolling down the hill by the way as he was getting <laughs> yeah. out <laughs> they should they should have pit Gasly again, I think, because um, Mercedes pit Hamilton and Red Bull pit both cars again, and I, I think staying out on the same set of tyres was the wrong move. They probably could have got fourth out of that. That car probably was quicker than Lewis on on the day for Gasly anyway. The, the thing with the Mercedes was that it was very quick. It was quicker than it was quicker than other cars in like an infield section. But once you got to the straights, it obviously it unwinded a bit. And like you're saying, like you know, Gasly was like I, like I was saying earlier, like Gasly was able to pull away from Hamilton on the straights earlier. Like uh, they opened up a DRS, like from like nine tenths, like one point two on the straight. That's with Hamilton with DRS. 
I don't I don't blame them really for not doing anything here. I feel it's one of those where if they pit Hamilton's for price stays out and then they don't get that position back possibly. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of them, isn't it? You do you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. Yeah. But uh, like overall they they got a P five, which is again, you know, better than they probably could have imagined with the two Ferraris dropping out. Yes, disappointing to lose out to the uh, second Mercedes there, but P P five for Gasly, like his by far his best drive of the season, not even close. Uh that looked like the Gasly that we kind of know from last year. Uh, which is what they need. And mm. Sonoda's obviously running very well as well. I think he was running sixth at the time uh, yeah. when uh, Gasly was still fourth at the time, but they ran sixth when half of his DRS had broke. Uh, was there any need to call a black and orange flag for that, do you think? Do you think the tape actually yes. helped? Or do you think they just could have told him not to use DRS and then he would have been fine? No, I think they needed to. In case that thing came off, I think they just needed to secure it down. And it, it were, to be fair, as much as I joked about it and everyone on Twitter seemed to get the joke about getting the gaffer tape out, <laughs> which is the most F1 solution I've ever seen to a problem like that. Just get a bit of tape on it. It'd yeah. be great. Again, there's, 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 if there's a problem that uh, duct tape can't fix, then you're in you're in trouble. Yeah, it worked to be fair. So yeah, yeah. Not, well, in turn, uh, made the Red Bulls panic and not use their DRS, which didn't really matter to be fair. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it. It's the first time I've ever seen a DRS split. Yeah, in in half, and not the half that I was kind of expecting. It's uh, very strange. Must have just got weak and from the bounce i don't know it's very very strange but yeah cost yuki a decent chance of points there to be fair yeah the good a half full of points as well so that's a shame for him he finished 13th in the end unfortunately he deserved again he's been driving again he's been driving really well this week this year so far and yeah better than gasly yeah definitely i mean so it's yeah. uh yeah shame, shame shame for yuki but yeah the the uh obviously look the the encouraging thing to take away is that he's been driving really well this season and we, yeah, that continued so we, we can yeah. they'll, they'll, both, they'll both push on that's it that's it it's, it's just, where does that put them in the championship where does in that in regards to hmm. who's around them uh, well it puts Gasly up now to 10th uh, in the championship he actually moved ahead of his teammate Yuki Sonoda so the son is on 11 points and Alpha Tauri move up to Move up to uh, well, they move further in seventh. They're on okay, twenty, they're on yeah. twenty-seven points. Uh, they are fourteen behind Alfa Romeo on forty-one, and Haas here on are on fifteen with Aston Martin on fifteen too. Undeservedly. Well, I mean, you yeah, want to talk well, about Sebastian Vettel? Uh, yeah, he's next on my list. Mm-hmm. The br- brilliant, brilliant race from Seb. Nearly bottled it and binned it, trying to get past Ocon, but. Ooh. Very, very quick turnaround as well. He, he lost very minimal time on that, yeah. to be fair to him. Don't know how he managed to spin it around so quickly, so close to the barriers. But yeah, probably could have been fifth with Gasly, to be fair, if he did actually not manage to spin there. But well, go deep, sorry. Mm, only finished he, seven seconds behind in the end. Yeah, which he lost about six. So yeah, probably could have even got that, which is quite extraordinary because he seems to have turned a corner the last couple of races yeah. seems to have got on top of the car a bit and now they've also got the new car on in the in for the races so <laughs> I, I don't know i don't get how one driver can be so far up and the other one asking to retire graham yeah well we'll talk about that uh, I, mm. I look i'm not the biggest fashion vettel fan as you know but he's done a really solid job to get into two very different tracks monaco and 
and uh, Mbaku uh, to get into Q3. I think he got to Q3 in, in Monaco, did he not? He did, he did. And a P6 here. Again, a little bit, maybe a little bit generous in terms of where the car actually is, but yeah, I just really saw from Vettel. That was, that's that's their best result by far this season. Uh, they move level on points, at least with, uh, with Haas. So Vettel, yeah, carrying strong load, especially at a time where Obviously, Vettel is one of the drivers that we're talking. Like, I mean, we talk about like what's he going to do for next season. Uh, results like that will certainly help uh, decide whether he wants to stay or not. So, well, I don't think. Well, we'll get onto that when we get to uh, the other one. Um, so yeah, excellent result for Aston Martin and Vettel. Uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a monumental effort to get that thing to sixth. Uh, I'm going to give Daniel Ricciardo win of the weekend. Uh, yes, I agree. Qualified 12th was much closer to Norris this weekend. Uh, Norris only qualified 11th and definitely was held up by Norris in the first stint of this race. McLaren decided to hold station. Uh, I think they definitely compromised Ricardo by not letting him go because it definitely seemed like he got pace uh, on those hards. But anyways, they kind of bottled it with Norris and yeah, a P8 for Ricardo. He deserved to finish ahead of his teammate. I know there are some... Uh, I have some some things to say for about on that side of the garage with Norris and such later on. But I just I just want to focus on Ricardo for now. Like at a week, look at a time where never more has a he's never, his future has kind of never been talked about more at this stage and what's what's going on and what what will happen and contracts here and there. Uh, just a really good weekend for Ricardo at a time he really needed it. Uh, scores his second point finish of the season. Uh, just yeah and to beat his teammate as well I think was uh, a little of icing on the cake so a timely performance from Ricardo here I think yeah overdue I think as well he needed that kind mm-hmm. of race where he had one up on Norris even if the team really didn't allow it for at least the first like 25 laps so was stuck in no man's land couldn't go forward when he was clearly the faster driver and the hard tyre was the better race tyre I thought mm-hmm. by a long way the mediums really did drop off quite quickly. So, yeah, McLaren could have had a better result there, but I think Ricardo did the best with the hand he was given. Yeah, obviously a little bit a little bit lucky with the, the VSC with Magnussen because if that not, if that had not if that had not come out then obviously I don't I don't know if Ricardo finishes in the points. Yeah, it's just Oh, he doesn't. Those. No chance. No chance. But yeah, excellent result for Ricardo when he really needed it. And a solid look, solid double point finish for McLaren. They both they qualified both outside the top 10. They both finish inside the top 10. You'd happily take that and, and move on. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, who else do you have as a winner of the weekend? Uh, you're asking me a good question there. That, <laughs> that's that's all I have, to be fair. I'm gonna, I would have said Guan Yu Zhou. I'm, I'm giving it to him. I'm giving Guan Yu Zhou a win of the weekend. He, he was absolutely robbed, I thought. Once again, the Ferrari, absolutely brilliant Ferrari power unit cost him a good result that's like the third time this season that's happened he's been desperately unlucky and on the weekend where he was by a by a by a handsome margin better than Bottas which is which was really surprising Bottas was off it, at this it weekend doesn't, it wasn't reflected in qualifying which is no. quite strange because I don't I want to say Guan Yu Zhou went quite well last year in F2 round I believe he got at least a podium in one of the three races uh, I know he crashed in one of them at the start <laughs> Yes, he did. He did. He came together with Tictum, I think. Yes, that's just straight off it. Yes, yes that was straight out of turn very one. Clearly, yeah. What an absolute brilliant moment that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was really strong. I, he, I think. Look, given that Bottas finished eleventh, he definitely would have finished in the points here today with with Joe. Uh, so really unfortunate. He couldn't believe his luck because he was in. Who was he? He was sitting behind 
So Vettel and Ocon, I think. Yes. Uh, when he got the call on the, on the radio to retire. I was actually riding on board with him when, when he got the call. And it was, yeah, I felt that. Uh, he obviously was gutted as well. So really unfortunate for Joe. He was much better than Bottas. Bottas let him by. They played the team game there. So look, they're accommodating in that. But look, again, that's a really encouraging performance from Joe. Obviously, look, the points margin is huge between him and Bottas. But uh, I think Joe has drove, driven well, given he's a rookie. Given that Bottas is a what eleven time, nine time race winner, uh, I'm mm. not sure what the number is. Uh, you know, and uh, all his experience, ten years now in F one. I thought I think Joe th- that was a really strong weekend for him to build on, even though he doesn't get the result for it. Uh, it's I think it's coming. You know, it's it's coming for for Joe, and he drove really well. So within the weekend, even though he couldn't get to finish uh, finish the job. Yes, definitely. I, I've, I've completely skipped over a team. <laughs> okay. Completely skipped over Alpine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I completely forgot about Alonso. Very very much the uh the train in qualifying, he was holding up the entire pack in qualifying, which is very Monaco esque. <laughs> he was backing everybody up and then in the uh, in the race. He's sort of the same story, didn't really have the pace to keep up with the uh Alvataris and uh Mercedes per se, but he pretty much put the car where it deserved to be at the end of the race I thought mm-hmm. and then Ocon was he <laughs> bought him points I guess yeah like I think he was very lucky to score points today I think he was one of those drivers kind of I was expecting everyone was having fun passing him it felt like yeah yeah I was expecting fireworks between him and Hamilton again Something to crack off there. It's yeah, like, if he fuck fucking decided, if he decided to defend the fucking, why do no one? Why does no one defend the inside line against Lewis Hamilton? We saw this ridiculously at Brazil last year as well. Defend the fucking inside line, like for fuck's sake! Like Ocon could have easily held onto that position for a little bit longer. I would have put Lewis in the wall just to make make, make the stewards know that. <laughs> yeah, I know, bitch. <laughs> uh, do what I want, mate. Just yeah. Was it was it just me that wanted Lewis to crash with Gasly? Just to make the race a bit more interesting at the end. I uh, well, I certainly would have spiced it up with a safety car for sure. It would have been very harsh on them both, but I was kind of like, Lewis hasn't had a crash with a driver in a long time, uh, excluding Max. Sorry, ignore the entire yeah. Max drama. <laughs> but like an actual crash where he's gone to, to overtake someone and then they've just like been like nah, and then he's retired from it. So I think that, I think that's long overdue. Yeah, at at some stage. Uh, what did you make? Like speaking of, we're going to talk, speaking of Alonso, what did you make of the uh, the qualifying antics with him and Albon? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I think Albon overreacted a little bit. I think so it's, as well. Uh, I do think it was a very wily right. move from Alonso, yeah. I but I don't think the yellow actually doing. affected the lap. I think he was more pissed off than he was being held up beforehand. Yeah, it, it would have distracted me as well seeing that sure. cop piss about in front of me. But yeah, if 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 he'd have pulled it into the wall a bit at that corner, then yeah, I'd have been I'd have understood why Albon was as pissed as he was. But yeah, he he needs to wring his neck in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the obviously look, there is some backing up kind of stuff in qualifying. We saw a bit of the Hamilton and Nars. Uh, interesting that uh, Alonso talked about this, and he suggested going back to. And I, I've talked about this recently as well. Get the. Uh, get the one shot qualifying back in and that way you get I, I, you get rid I, of toe you get rid of drivers driving slowly yeah. uh he said it's good uh, maybe that was good for tv it was good for us as well uh, at the moment there's too much interaction with other cars with toes with traffic with yellow flags 
and this is not the best. That's what Alonso said uh, on race fans. I, I agree with that, but I, I wouldn't be against them splitting it. Half of the season is the normal qualifier, then half of the season is one shot. I wouldn't be against that at all. I would love to see return to one shot just because I think it's so much fun. And we got some great, great, obviously, qualifying dynamics with it, uh, race dynamics with it, with the, like, again, the 2005 Japanese Grand Prix, for example, with like the weather. Uh, I, w- I would love to see it come back, but I can, like, I can understand uh, why I wouldn't, but I w- I'd love to see it. I, I, I think I said this last, I'd love to see it for sprints. Do it for sprints, man. That's what I mean. Just like, don't do it for, like, I, I'm fine with them doing normal Q1, normal Q2, but do something like IndyCar do where they do the fast six. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that format. And obviously in IndyCar, uh, if you crash, then, uh, yeah, you lose your time, which I think, I think it's only a matter of time before F1 adopts this rule. I'm surprised, like, I think if Science had crashed when he had pole, provisional pole in Q3, I think this would have come up again. Uh, maybe should have, he should have been. Maybe should have, maybe you should have tried it. <laughs> but well, yeah, you, you've got to try. I, I, I full on like expected something to happen where a yellow flag like Alonso tried, where he went off the escape road. Something like that would have got science pole because he was the one, one of the ones in front of everybody. So mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, excellent job from uh, from Alpine there too. Uh, we'll make that work. So good stuff. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, do you have any other winners of the weekend? No. Is that it? Straight on to losers. I think so. We kind of talked about Ferrari as it is. I just want to talk quickly about yeah. Leclerc. Uh, again, he's driving absolutely out of his skin. That that Baku qualifying lap for pole was absolutely... I was breathtaking. That It wasn't quite uh, Verstappen's Saudi Arabia levels, from even though he couldn't finish the lap in Saudi Arabia but uh, from, from last year, but uh, just on the edge stuff it was absolutely breathtaking watching that lap live just whew, absolutely yeah I, I love it when you see you think someone's put an absolute stonking lap in which i thought science had done to be fair and then it's you see charles going purple and then it comes up purple for set to two and he's nearly six tenths up you're just like holy shit this is a good lap and then absolutely smashes the pole uh, I, I think he's driving really well just um, sadly the the you know the two races he's lost uh, is yeah it's a lot of points the gone. The team's letting him down. Monaco, the team let him down, and yeah, it's it's. Well, you can already three yeah. races in a row now with, with Spain. Yeah. So not great, but not not. Look, the oh, car is yeah. still strong. There's a lot of races left. I think we will see some reliability swing back a little bit. Uh, it is strange that Ferrari. You know, we, we talked about them in testing, and they, they look so faultless, like through Australia, and it's kind of. And Red Bull were the vulnerable ones, and it's it's so it's just things switch so quickly in F one. They do, and again, it could swing back the other way. Yeah, we're absolutely. Still, we're only just a third away the into the season with this race, so there's plenty of time for it to uh, come back. So plenty of time, and science. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was already over, but. Uh, he's he's what well, he's now he's on eighty three points. Uh, Verstappen's on one hundred and fifty. His teammates on one hundred and sixteen. Uh, just I thought this weekend he's looking strong and he put in that lap in Q, in Q three and I thought yeah he could be this could be the this could be the one for him and I think he could do it. And then yeah he decided he said it was his decision to run without a toe, and obviously he made that mistake coming out of turn two, and 
fourth in qualifying and then come to be fourth quickest in the race and uh, yeah then retired from there yeah he, he was pushing too much on that final q3 lap way too much in the first sector and he was four tenths down coming into it so yeah he absolutely blew it and obviously Leclerc's stonking lap anyway so we had lost it regardless yeah so look not look not much of us not not much else to say about ferrari we knew that there was going to be uh, going to be rough uh for them mm. in terms of like once they in terms of in the losers here that you know obviously we talked about that a little bit already uh we're moving on uh i want to i want to talk about lando norris uh as a loser the weekend uh not not for his result he finished p9 but uh, I'm kind of getting a little tired of Norris on the radio. I, I'm, I'm not, again, I talked about last year how I didn't really enjoy a lot of his antics, or not antics, but how he kind of carried or behaved, not behaved, but I wasn't... It's how he carries himself. It's, it's very strange. I wasn't mad on some of the stuff that he was saying and the such after uh, the events of uh, Russia last year. I just wasn't I, wasn't, I wasn't liking, I wasn't enjoying how he was handling stuff. I, didn't, I haven't enjoyed how he's handled things on the radio at times. And in the race on Sunday, I just, that was amplified more because at the start of the stint, you know, he was holding up Ricardo. And look, the team said to Ricardo, don't to hold position. Now that's on McLaren. They should have, they should have handled that differently. And McLaren should have definitely handled their situation differently with Norris's pit stop because they were fighting Alonso. Alonso finished seventh in the end. Norris finished ninth. But at one stage, like there was like four or five cars in between after Norris's stop. Like he's behind Albon after his pissed off with Norris but you know they told Ricardo to hold position not to attack and he probably could have if he, if he wanted to and then when they came for the other side uh, you know when Ricardo was on his mediums and Norris on his hards they wanted to sw- he wanted to swap the positions again uh, he, wanted, he was he, he questioned why he was told to hold position uh, they told the team to, like I don't know I, it's, I'm not I'm not enjoying Norris's interaction on the radio in terms of the, like the one weekend Ricardo is actually ahead of him and deserves to be ahead of him uh, you know, and he's kicking up this much of a fuss. I know he's got, I know he's comfortable at McLaren, but I don't know. I'm not really enjoying how Norris is interacting with the team over the radio. Uh, like there, he said nothing basically after the race. It's not the first time he's done this recently as well. I'm not, I'm not counting Spain where he was really tonsillitis. So I don't know. I'm just not liking some of Norris's, I guess, attitude when he's in the car. Yeah, I, I said this to you. I, I literally said this is the first race where I'm actually starting to dislike Norris in the car. Not for his actual driving. I've got nothing against his driving. Mm-hmm. It's fine with that. It's just the attitude towards the team and questioning them. When the team, Will Joseph basically said to Lando, we're returning the favour for what they did for us in the first stint by holding holding position. And I was fully expecting Lando to overtake Daniel, to be honest, on the last lap. Oh, I was he, expecting He looked him. like he... I, I would have been... And I imagine a lot of people would have been very annoyed. And I'm sure McLaren would have been as well. It would have been a very... If I was McLaren and he did that, he would be getting disciplined. Like, yeah, I'd have a conversation. Some form of punishment where something like that... It can't happen. You can't ignore team orders. If they've told you to do it, then it is what it is. Because obviously we've seen things like that where drivers have been told to hold position and it goes very badly wrong when they try to ignore their rules. So, yeah. No, no needs to wring his neck in a little bit and book his ideas up and just go back to being normal just don't make me dislike you because I, I don't want to go down that path 
but that's where we're going at the minute. Yeah, I, I've I've kind of slowly got on that kind of train since last year. Just again, just on those radio reactions, like out of the car, you know, he's yeah, you know, he's fine. Yeah, absolutely, good fun, all that. But just in the car, I'm just yeah, I'm just not a little little prickly at times for my for my liking. Uh, just in terms of how he how he talks and and interacts with the team on the on the radio. So uh, yeah, that that now on Sunday, like, I just thought that was. Little, little, little needless from from Norris, especially like the, again the one race that Ricardo is actually you know up there. Uh, I, I could understand it a bit more if Ricardo had been slapping him all season, but he hasn't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Like Ricardo's been winning races, and Lando's got an opportunity to overtake him for his first race win, and then they're like, nah. But it's not. It's with P P A for God's sake. Yeah, for P A and P nine. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little bit unneeded, I thought. Yeah, and look, loser the weekend for McLaren for uh, for their Norse strategy. Like again, they want to fight Alonso, and that would just like they, was they, like Whoa, they thought they were well. as well. They, they they said to Ricardo, oh, "We're going to overcut with Lando on Alonso," and then Lando comes five seconds behind Alonso when he comes out the pits. Mm-hmm. Okay, that went well, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just 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 ease up, ease up, Lando. It's okay, man. It's okay. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give uh, a very quick one for Valtteri Bottas. He was convincingly second best to his rookie teammate. Uh, finished. It would have been a it would have been a bit of a robbery if he managed to score a point. Did Bottas, but he finished eleventh. Uh, just yeah, just, just a weird weekend where he just wasn't on. A tracker he's won that as well. Uh, but I should mm. mention that six different winner at Baku in six 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 races here. Yeah, yeah. Why that was with the new floor on the Alfa Romeo as well, which they didn't bring in till FP3 because of money issues. <laughs> yeah, that was a, yeah, interesting, interesting choice. But yeah, Bottas just second best this weekend to his teammate. Uh, he's, had, he's having a good season. Again, like, like a lot of these drivers, just dust yourselves down and move on. Yeah, just one of them races. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to give one to Lance Stroll. Uh, again. Both Canadians for me. Uh, well, you can, you, can, you can talk about Latifi in a second. Uh, Stroll just... Uh, crashed in qualifying twice. Uh the was it this the only was this the only red flag from Saturday onwards, not including practice? Yeah. It's basically the only it crash of the weekend essentially yeah. in F one. Yeah, we, we haven't had any other red flags. None for F two. Nothing. Yeah, but like aside from practice like stuff, like yeah. yeah. No, like not like a crash that would have bothered the safety car, like sure, like but like that like that was he was literally the only one. Uh knocked down Q one of course with that uh, was nowhere in the race compared to his teammate and then asked to then retire the car essentially to save the engine and then the team was like uh, we'll retire the car we were seeing uh, some oscillations they, they said they were going to retire the car and then like, to box box and then they said the message that was played on the world feed so it, was, it was very yeah so congratulations for Lance Rolford essentially quitting on the race again uh, well done uh, if we gave Lewis Hamilton shit for it, you have to give Lance Stroll shit for it as well. So, uh, rules are rules. And, uh, yeah, he qu- basically quit on the race. He was nowhere in. So, well done to Lance Stroll. I'm, I'm beginning to think there might be a replacement mid-season. Not because he's going to be sacked, but just because, he, I don't again, is he, is he arsed? Like, could he be arsed with, with this? Because I don't think so. Like, it's... I watched a post-qualifying interview with uh, Lawrence Bretto and it was just one-word answers. Oh, he's always like that, though. He's uh, he's he's always he like do, that. No, but this I know he's always like that, but he seemed even worse. His attitude—he just wasn't happy to be there at all. 
He adds nothing. Yeah. Like this is the thing. Like it's not like it's not like you know there are drivers who have been not been great, but they've added you know personality or something or charisma or he like again Stroll adds none of these things. Yeah, uh, but we both know he's going to be there for another twenty years. Like I don't think I think I'm beginning to think that we're going to be, this is the end is coming soon here for Lance Stroll. I think I think we could end up having a midseason replacement just because their both sides are done. Mike Crack goes before. Lance Stroll goes. Yeah, you're probably you're probably right, but I, I don't know, man. I feel like yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you, and I'm sure the entirety of that team agrees with us as well, because there is nothing worse than having a team member that doesn't give a shit. There is nothing worse. There's people like that where I work, and I hate it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They don't care, and everything goes against everything you do goes against what they are doing, and it, it just doesn't work. So for me, just talk. Even if they took Hulkenberg in the car for the last bit of the season, I think you get a better result out of it. To be honest, yeah, I honestly think I honestly think so. And look, people like Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah, yeah, and respect Nico Hulkenberg. Again, I I, I kind of look on that, that would grid. Be a good lineup. It'd be solid lineup. But once again, Hulkenberg would have to get used to the car again. But yeah, you know, you've got a driver who you know who can do something. And if he doesn't, you, you know, you have a, you replace, you know, you have you bring in the replacement, whether it be Djokovic, Gasly, whatever. That's it. Do you know, you, you give him the opportunity that he deserves. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work, you move on. Exactly. You lose nothing, and maybe you might gain something. So, hmm. yeah, Lance Stroll just, um, we're just done here with that. Uh, you want you want to talk about Latifi? I think his race was probably a little bit unfair, but yeah, he sort of got screwed by the team, but pushing him too far because they touched the car within the 15 second uh, warning and then he got 10 seconds stop go penalty but then also my man decided you know what I'm going to ignore blue flags and get a 5 second penalty anyway you know mm-hmm. good job good one yeah that was, Just, like, to be fair like again I, he was better than Albon and Spain and Monaco so I'll give mm-hmm. him some benefit out uh, maybe there's improvement coming but yeah hard to say and no safety car to help him get back into things here which is rough and the same for Mick Schumacher you can throw in as a loser of the weekend as well no safety car for him uh, on the back I don't know what happened this weekend for Mick obviously there's been there were, there, were, there has been some chatter about about him obviously and Gunther Steiner says that you know there'll be serious talks if crashes continue do you think this weekend was just damage avoidance for Schumacher and that's why he didn't, wasn't really don't on crash. it uh, just basically yeah. just don't crash I actually think that might have been might be the issue more than anything else just uh, and it was reflective in his pace yeah just take your study just bring it home we'll, get, we'll carry on when we get to a more open track although there has to be some sort of balance to be found here because he qualified 20 despite Stroll crashing out and now I don't know what the team are thinking I don't know what happened like he started on hards and pitted for mediums under the, the first VSC and then pitted for hards but he was just I think that a lot of them were expecting a, a safety car and to be fair I think everyone was but it just it just didn't come so mm. I think a lot I think that's what Ferrari gambled on and what have you but yeah it's it's, uh, it's a rough one for me and it, it needs to sort of if he's not got points by like we go to the midsummer break, then I'll um, I think this this is the thing like like I just, I I can see where you're going, but I'm also thinking who else who's coming like who'd come in instead like if you want to replace Mick Schumacher That's at the true. end of the year, I don't, I don't see that happening though. Why? I th- I think Haas will. I I think Haas will go to Ferrari and say nah, we've got a better offer from Alpine. I know you're our engine supplier, but at the end of the day, he's not performing and it's costing us points. It has to. Oscar deserves the chance. 
I'd only do if I was had to have only do that really if it was for if I knew I was getting two years of piastri. Yes, yeah, I think that would be the agreement, and then has to get a complete new driver lineup once that agreement is done. For one, for one year, I'm think like I'd I'd look elsewhere for Haas to at least get some someone some other driver in, and look that look again that car is in Magnussen's hands was doing was doing well, like he was fighting Ocon for that last point essentially. And the car, mm. like that car, is still fighting despite not having upgrades on it. There's, there's, there's still good in that car, and more to come possibly. If those upgrades in France work. So, uh, but Mick was obviously nowhere, and I, 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 I think he'll stay just because I just don't know who they bring. Unless it's Piastri on a two, three year deal, I just don't know who they're bringing in instead or to replace him. Liked by Pierre Gasly. That'd be so. I mean, we've seen that Gasly in white, but that would be wild. I'd say that for Terry, to be honest, but I can understand. Yeah, I would as well. Uh, so yeah, rough one for Mick Schumacher. And I have no thoughts on the likes of Albon or anything like that. So No, me either. Um, anyways, we'll move on. Uh, do you... I mean, is there any other thoughts from from F1 Baku at all? Uh, no, it was shite. Yeah, pretty rough. If you race rating out of 10? Four. Four, yeah. Uh, do you want to quickly talk about F2 at, Mon- at uh, not Monaco at Baku very quickly? Uh, yeah, again, not much, but there was some very interesting uh, championship permutations. Yeah, that sort of well, came it's, into pro. Spirit is going nowhere essentially until uh, until Prima told Dennis Hager to get the elbows out, and I don't know what else they were expecting. Uh, he went for it to be fair. Again, like, elbows out, team team order essentially to uh, get stuck in, and he tried. Uh, obviously, did Just not work. The wall. Yeah, uh, <laughs> crashed. Out of the race, which screwed his teammate, uh, who was comfortably in front, was Daruvla with the, the oh, with the GQs uh, battles that were happening, basically just uh, easy gapping for Daruvla, and then he got the first restart right, and then the second one he did not, and Vesti got him, and then Vesti won the race. Your favorite driver, Frederick Vesti, won the sprint race. He, to be fair, he has turned a corner the last since about Spain. Yeah. Really, sort of come good probably just getting used to the car which is fair enough but still he's not very good in my eyes he's a mercedes jr yeah that doesn't mean shit <laughs> uh so yeah vesti won then drew then having to settle for p2 but probably should have yeah definitely should have won the race and mm. then oh dear oh god the feature race <laughs> well it was going so well for yuri vips who qualified on pole uh, he's gone well here as has lawson in uh, i think actually vips won two of the three races in last year he was the first driver to do that last year that's right yeah and it was going so well uh he put callan williams under pressure and obviously he had to still to pit and then uh yeah clipped the inside i asked you i actually asked you earlier on would vips actually do anything this weekend or on pole and you were like no and uh you couldn't have been more right i I literally said no he's going to bottle it and oh my god (laughs) he's just a bottle merchant yeah he has got so much pace, but there's always something that goes wrong, and it's so frustrating. And I'm sure Red Bull are like pulling their hair out with him because they're like, "We are literally giving you the seat here. Please do something." Essentially, but the yeah. way he's going is going to be Deruvula that goes up. Honestly, like Deruvula's here on 73 points, uh, and the other next closest Red Bull now is Hauger on 55, but like Vips 51, Lawson 44. I honestly did. If you told me at this stage of the season that Jay and Deruva would be the highest Red Bull Junior, I told you to get out. Yeah, based on the start that. Heck, a, even after the first the, race? Yeah. Like, 
it, the fact that Liam Lawson was on the podium in the first three races have been like, nah, there's no way he drops that far down and doesn't score in all these races since. But somehow he's managed it, and obviously Vips has had a crash or spun out in at least one of the two races each week, each of the last three races. So yeah, Imola, Spain, and now uh, now back in four races. Sorry, yeah. Mm. Well, what happened at Monaco? I don't know. Something <laughs> happened. Um, he wasn't on it. No, he, he actually got a podium, I think, in Monaco. Oh no, he did. Yes, sorry. So in four, in three of the last four races, something yeah. has happened where he's been in the front fight and he's he bowled it. Uh, obviously, looked battle at the top. Uh, Djokovic outscored Porcher again. Uh, zero points for Porcher in the in the feature race. Fifteen for Djokovic, who finished third at the end. Uh, the gap is now forty nine points. Uh, there's a lot of races to go, but Djokovic looking pretty good. Porcher, he's still in second. Is Porcher, but only by ten points. I think, look, I think both things are true here. Djokovic has had an excellent season. Poor chair has been underwhelming. Yeah, he's... Given he, our he got very unlucky. Yeah, he, he, he has been very unlucky in certain certain parts of the season, but... He has. He, he's not really... To me, he's not been up to the level with uh, Djokovic. The, the pace just isn't there when it needs to be. When the opportunity presents itself, it doesn't really show it. The only time he's really shown it was Monaco in the feature race. Obviously, he had no way of getting past Djokovic. Yeah. There and then. Well, obviously, he won in Bahrain and he was a little unlucky. He was, he was a little lucky with the Imola race with how things unfolded there. But uh, qualifying has to be better, though. It has to be, like, can't be qualifying 12th while Djokovic in the top 10. Not with the reverse format. Can't, can't be doing that. If you're not qualifying, Paul, you got to at least be in the top 10 somewhere to get some reverse points. Uh, mm. That's got to change. Uh, Logan Sarge has been doing very, very well here of late. Another podium for him. Uh, some ballsy moves in the feature race as well, it looked like as well, down yeah. the inside. Uh, yeah. He's come on strong. He's in fourth in the championship, 59 points. Yeah, Williams, you know. If you want to move down from Canada to America, I'm fine with that. Yeah, we're getting there. This is, considering this guy was pretty much washed and out of, out of F, wasn't in F3 for basically an entire season, mm-hmm. and then came back and sort of really kicked on since he came back into F3 and then obviously now he's in F2 so yeah yeah, like he, he's, he's, he's doing bits he wasn't spectacular in F3 last season but super consistent mm. yeah he wasn't in the best of teams in no Sh- I want to say he was in Sharoud and it was very late as well yeah he was literally the weekend before the race the season started him and Fittipaldi mm-hmm. who also has been very good recently yeah in F2 um, so yeah this the certain drivers that have really come on Hauger again. Yeah, feature Seems race really, win, boom. Yeah, winner winner chicken dinner. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but he could have been a lot higher up if Duan hadn't been an absolute prick in Imola. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Fifty five points now for Hauger. He's now tied with Armstrong in fifth. Uh, so yeah, looking better for for uh, for Hauger here and Sargent. Uh, the likes of Vips have slid, have slid, have slid, have slid down here. Do and same thing, lost and same thing. Uh, much better weekend for Richard for sure. And it seemed like that was the expectation was that it's going to be much better for him. Seems like he's been unlucky in some parts recently. So uh, you know we got some good points. So fair play to him. Uh, who else? Really stood out. Um, there wasn't many others to be fair. There was just like the main six or seven, then a couple of the ones that sort of turned their form. Yeah. Armstrong has still been consistent here as well. Like, uh, yeah, he was the the in the feature race. I honestly don't know how he didn't take out Vips. He basically <laughs> did a Ricardo onto Verstappen, but yeah. without taking his teammate out. 
it was insane. Yeah, wild. absolutely flat spotted the the shit out of them tyres and ruined his own race. But fair play to him. He also got told to get on with it by his uh, by his team, which uh, st- and stop whining. Uh, stop whining. Yeah, so. I think in qualifying, I was talking about it's have a rear rear lock in. I think someone else that wasn't his engineer came out and was like, uh, "That's on you. Like rear locking is on you. It's the driver <laughs> thing." So yeah yeah good stuff so yeah look i'm liking the how look, again if you, t- if you took out if you this championship was from deruvula downwards i'd be excited in terms of it's flipping really close yeah you take you'd literally take out theo and uh drugo and it's uh very interesting i mean but, yeah. and even that like Porsche is only 10 points ahead of deruvula yeah yeah Drogovic, this just shows how how good of a season Drogovic is having isn't yeah it? it's uh it's more dominant than piastri well, it's the same level of dominance with Piastri, just a lot earlier. A lot earlier, and it could, yeah. We'll see how it carries on. It could get more, you know. We'll have to yeah, see. Yeah, and this is this was a bad, but he, he said he wasn't a really a fan of the street tracks, so I expect us to go back to normal, well, normal programming when we get back to uh, Silverstone. Some, for some excellent, yeah, they're back in action. Silverstone. The great news for him is that that's the last street track of the year for F two. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Silverstone, Austria, France, uh, Hungary, Belgium, Zandvoort, Monza, Abu Dhabi. That's it for the street tracks. We're done. I, I really want to see like F3 at, at Singapore. That would be unreal. Oh, yeah. In the wet. Oh. That, oh there's so many good tracks for F3. Uh, 30 cars, absolutely going for it. Oh, it's no fucks given. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> They'll be back in action, I believe, at Silverstone as well. Yes, yes. So, yeah, any other F2 thoughts on that? I mean, again, aside from the appeal, the weekly appeal at this stage for someone to sign Drukovic, just get it done. He's, yeah. he's shown yeah. pace management, tyre management, qualifying, the package, the whole the whole lot. You know, he's he's. I think he's got it. We've, we've seen improvements like this. Uh, he's showing that he can do it all. Tyre management, qualifying, race, overtaking. It's it's you know these are all the marks that make F1 drivers. This is the thing we look for in F2. Uh, pure pace. Right. It's it's done. Just I don't want to. Yeah, I, I mean, it might be too soon to say he's F1 ready, but I mean he's basically bush at like this stage. Well, yeah, he is. Schooling like drivers have been F1 three F2 for multiple years. Driver academies galore. Yeah, it's time. It is. Get it done, Aston Martin. For fuck's sake, get it done. Um. Right, do we move on to a Canada preview? I believe it's this week. Very, yes, a very quick one. Um, I still think for I, mean, I, I don't know what it is. Nah, I still I, think I Ferrari got a chance. Why are you predicting Ferrari I, to to win when they I are still a, a fucking think, qualifying merchant? I still think it's possible. It's coming, man. The luck is turning. We haven't seen this in Spain, it's not. man. It's there. They've got everything they need. They've got everything they need. They haven't had the luck, man. And he's bottled no, for Leclerc has Leclerc has got what he needs. Ferrari don't because we're shit. Man, oh, it's there, man. There's a result there. Leclerc will take pole. Science will bin it into the ball of champions as Max is just about going to the pits. I'm calling it now. Yeah, someone someone big is crashing into the world champions this, this week. Yeah. I'm, I'm calling and that. Hopefully the Mercedes. Hopefully both of them at the same time. That would be perfect. Um, I want to see what Alpha Tari do if they can follow on the strong performance. Mm. Yeah, same. Because they were looking very good. Uh, best that they've looked at this year. Um, I thought, man, I still think that Ferrari can do it, man. I'm just, I just, I still... It's definitely getting pole, right? There's no, there's no two ways about that. It's okay. a lot of slow corners in Canada, so I reckon they could do. Just that that back straight, I think the Red Bull is going to be absolutely unreal, as as it was this week. Mm-hmm. 15 kph without the DRS. 
Unreal. Yeah, well, I think Porpoising had a little bit of an issue. It that, did. Actually. It definitely did because the Ferrari was like going on mad. Um, so obviously there'd be less of that this week, of course. You'd imagine. I know it's a street circuit again, still, but you know, it, there's a little less on the, the street circuit, quote unquote. It's a street circuit, man. <laughs> sure. Um, what else? What else are you looking forward to for this Canadian Grand Prix? I'm actually I'm excited. Ricardo. Yeah. First time back in Canada since COVID. I'm looking forward to it. Just Me too. Is is one of my favourite tracks, as a lot of my close friends know. So mm. it's uh, very much Luke Land, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing who's gonna take it by the by the neck. Because when you get the, a lap together on this track, it's it's very good to watch. I do I do love watching a good quality session around it. I'm hoping we get a good race because actually I know like we had the Vettel Hamilton stuff in 2019, but like we it had a pretty we had a pretty piss poor race in 2018 as well, and 2017 had its moments. Um, but we haven't had a really good race here for quite a number of years, so I, I would like that to be the case because this track has got everything it needs for a good racing. Like it really does. I've got close walls, you can overtake. Uh, you know, I, there's I I really like this track a lot. Heavy, like it's tough on brakes. It's a it's a car. It, it is a not, not it's a car killer. Yeah, it really is. Like it's you know, this is where the, the first crack in Mercedes was really formed here in 2014. Like we saw, and that's how Ricardo obviously took his first win. Um, you know, I think we've got all, it's got all the ingredients for a really good race. We just haven't had it, you know, in the last few years, aside from the Hamilton Vettel uh, stuff in 2019. Um, mm. So hopefully we get just a generally a good race because I, yeah, I, I really like that track too. I really do. Mm-hmm. Top five? Uh, Verstappen, mm. Leclerc, uh, Perez. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give a regular top four science, and I will say Lewis Hamilton in fifth. Okay, I'm gonna go Max, Charles, Carlos, Checo, Gasly. Max, Carlos, Checo, Gasly. Mm-hmm. Did you say Leclerc? Yeah, in second. Oh, in second. Okay. Um, yeah, seems reasonable enough. Uh, if you yeah. just see if there's anything filtering through on the rate, the quotes after because there was really there was not much to wait for oh yeah Cordiel's banned from Silverstone by the way for uh, reaching 12 penalty points <laughs> love it let's go so I believe he what, uh, won an absolute pay driver he is he must have got th- he must have got there quicker than Ragunathan I think when was Ragunathan banned Hungary or Belgium yeah can't remember uh, I don't know who they get into that car uh, who could they put in uh, that's a good question. Do they do they run two cars? Like, well, they must put someone in the car. I'd like to see them try someone who's actually decent because I think Van Ammers for have a good racing outfit. I just think Hughes and Cordiel are not the right drivers for it. Hughes is. I, I just don't. Eh, he's well, one just to have experience just to get the team going. We need I someone think, with pace. We need someone with pace that won't fall down from reverse pole to like twelfth. Um, yeah. Uh, Silverson F three is on. Uh, I'd give, I don't know, I was going to say give Franco Cop into a call or something. I don't know. Someone. I mind, do you know? I wouldn't mind seeing it because that could be, that could legitimately be like a mid season replacement at this stage. Yeah. A swap? Who knows? But yeah, so, so Cordial's banned for Silverstone. Um, yeah. Verstappen reckons he could have caught Leclerc if he hadn't retired, which isn't the most impossible thing to think very possible yeah. but I think Leclerc would have pitted under that VSC so it would have been interesting there 
Toto Wolf quote coming at you in just a second. Where is it? Toto Wolf was asked by Sky Sports Formula One what to do about the bouncing issue to not hurt the drivers. He put, he said, uh, all drivers got together and agreed that it is a problem apart from one. Can you guess who that is? Apart from one driver? Did he give the name of the driver? He did. Oh, hello. Mac. Oh, it doesn't say it was Max Verstappen. It wasn't. It oh, wasn't. that would have been hilarious. Okay. Um, it's, it's, we've mentioned him quite a lot on this on this poor position issue. Oh. Uh, to, to do George Russell? No, surely not. No, no. Someone who didn't think it was a problem. Someone who didn't think... Oh, Charlie Leclerc? No. Huh. In blue. Oh, well, Alonso didn't mention it was a problem. He, uh, well, it's Alonso who said, but he didn't agree to it. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Just shit assery from Alonso. I love it, yeah. <laughs> God, he's a fan- God, he's fantastic. I fucking he, he love it He probably thinks so it's much. a problem, but he's like, yeah, nah, but I'm not going to give him. But he literally, like, wait, let me pull up his, uh, let me pull up his quote again um, so we can, he literally said at the end, um, <laughs> uh, to do, um, Talk about the like roast of the young drivers, essentially. Uh, I wish they do something for the young boys. For me, it's okay for a few more years. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh god, he just doesn't give a shit. And I love it. I also love it. Oh, fantastic stuff. I don't know. I hope they don't do it. Like it's it's a car issue. Just sort out. Um, <laughs> but that's really like like there's really nothing coming through. It tells you everything you need to know about that. Uh, but the race, though, apparently Mercedes are still going to experiment with the car for Canada. Yeah. So, we will, we will see. Because it's going very well so far. <laughs> anyway, is that it? I think we're all done. That's it. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Switchback Formula 1 podcast. We'll be back next week to break down a hopefully much more entertaining Canadian Grand Prix. So, yeah, I've been Graham. I've been Ferrari's power unit. Uh, well, yeah. Hey, you can't just use the same thing I use at the start. <laughs> I have to because it's pulled and failed multiple times. Because it's, uh, it's allowed for it to be used multiple times uh, in the same podcast. Well, you're such a. Well, you look for those original loop- content creator. Man. Yeah, you look for those loopholes. You should be, uh, you should be on the pit you wall. Should be part of hashtag Mercedes AMG Patronus F1 Formula. I was literally going to say you should be Ron Meadows. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we shall see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>